It's the SportsZilla Show on 1310 AM Utica, 1350 AM Rome, ESPN Utica Rome, now on 96.5 FM. They're going to run this ball. Kansas City's got to sell out. There's a handoff to Burkhead. Burkhead pulls ahead and scores the touchdown. This is the guy that scares me the most. I mean, he looks like he's going to hit a home run every time he comes to the plate. The SportsZilla Show starts now. Here's Rain, Scoop, and Matt. Y'all ready for this? I'm just going to assume that you're hearing it on ESPN Radio Utica Rome right now, 96.5 FM, perhaps 1310 or 1350 AM. Another option is the ESPN UR app. Wherever you get your apps, it's free. Just type that in. It's brand new. You can stream at ESPNUR.com. You can open up your Amazon Alexa device. So, Blue Guy, Boss. Yeah. I tried to do it yesterday because we have them throughout the building. I also have one at the house. But, but tell me again how to do that because I, I know what I was trying to do and I screwed it up anyways. And even though I've done it 50 other times, I still screwed it up. Please. So you got to download the Alexa app on your phone. And then you also have to say, open ESPN Utica Room. After enabling the skill. Correct. So that's how that works. Podcast at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Listen to past episodes. Share it with your friends. Enjoy it. Like being local all the way to national right here in the U in the landmark building of downtown Utica. Blue guy, Matt Page, Scoop, Nick Ailes in studio, Tiff's over there. You're going to crack a mic eventually. I'm just warning you ahead of time. A lot to get through today, uh, but a couple programming notes. The Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets tonight at 7.30. You'll hear that tomorrow, Friday, 6.45. Wisconsin and Purdue will be on the air. Saturday, Villanova at Providence, 12.45 p.m. Plan your life accordingly. And the NHL All-Star Game scoop. We're going to air that. Sweet. I think that's good. Yeah, I got the skills competition, too, the night before. And then next week is the AHL's version of that. And, of course, the Comets... We have a couple guys on that roster. Brogan Rafferty should actually be healthy in time for that. And then, obviously, Reed Boucher. Gosh, I hope so. Yeah, me too. A lot to talk about with those comments, though. They had a loss last night. What did they get up? 3 nothing, and then give up five straight goals. Yeah, it's yeah. worse than the usual discussion we have about four unanswered, which has happened three or four times this year already. And it's, it's an old cliche, but you hate to see that. You go up 3 nothing. you should not relinquish that lead. It happens. It's hockey. Uh, some lapses happen. Sometimes I think the team lets off the gas pedal a little bit when they get a lead like that. You've said that a, a few times. But, but, but look, uh, Utica outshot Binghamton last night, 30-26. to 26. Somehow, though... In the third period, outshot ten to five. That's that's the the thing that sticks out to me. Outshot ten to five in the third. I you got to get more than five shots on goal in a period. And Trent was saying that he was disappointed last night after the game. Yes, he did. There's a direct quote. Uh, ben Burnell tweeted that glue guy called it straight up disappointed. Said mental mistakes. He took responsibility for a couple of bad changes that led to penalties and of course the breakaway goal. But then I also looked at power play, both teams, five each. Binghamton, two out of five. Utica, one out of five. There's a lot of a lot of penalties. A couple bench miners in there, too. Usually see maybe one of those, but there were two for 
uh, there were two within the game. So uh, Francis Perone had to serve both of those. Yeah, I mean, look, there's both of them on the Comets. That's why I have an issue with it. If I'm counting here, there's six tripping calls in that game, or seven, six or seven I'm looking at. Yeah. Six, what's, I think. What's going on? What's up with that? You got to stay out of the box. You do. You know, you want to do those at the right time. But, and I don't know, maybe, you know, as Marv Levy once called them, you over-officious jerk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes that does come into play. You know, you've got a, a group of officials in there that feel they're going to impose their will on the game. Uh, but I don't know. It's uh, it's tripping. That's pretty. It's pretty obvious penalty. But know? after the first couple, don't you just go, okay, maybe we shouldn't do that since these refs are calling everything. You would think. Yeah, you've got you've got to feel out the officials because different referees call different things. It's like umpires with the different strike zones. But that's a whole other conversation. Can of worms. We don't want to open up. Ashton Sautner went on to say. It is a tough loss. We talked about it after the second period that we just needed to go out and make sure we lock it down. Mentioned the power play goals being tough to give up. Uh, We often talk about how important special teams is. We had conversation on Comets Insider on Monday Scoop with Tom Coyne about these these games where they do. They exactly what you said. They let the foot off the gas a little bit and they just... It's like they're trying not to lose instead of going out and seizing the moment and winning, you know, playing the full 60 minutes, every line, every guy, finishing checks, being aggressive. When that doesn't happen, look what happens. And it's kind of crazy to see that we're being ticky tacky about a first place team overall. I mean, I'm still a well, they, you good know, team. Belleville is percentage points ahead of yes. the Comets now because the Comets didn't get any points last night. You can check out Comets Insider, by the way, our most recent episode and all of our old episodes. They are the same place you get your podcast: Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Timeline at KROC CNY because it's over on the Brother Station. And while we've got your attention, it does re-air right here on ESPN Utica-Rome Tuesdays from 6 to 7. And while we're on that subject, the Trent Cole show, which you heard debut a couple weeks ago, give me the update on that because of the All-Star break. So because of the All-Star break and also because of Joe Roberts having the child. Having his his um, daughter's beautiful daughter. Um, We will not be re-airing. We will be uh, re-airing an old episode on Monday. Mondays from 6 to 7. Correct. The Trent Cole show is brought to you by Blend on ESPN Utica Rome right now at 96.5 FM. Zach McEwen, Lucas Yasek, and Nikolai Goldobin picked up his 15th, and then it was five straight, including that Brett Sini guy scored the first one that started the five straight for Binghamton Scoop. You know, there was a moment of foreshadowing for me last night when we were doing the pregame on the brother station, K-Rock, and Razor Ray Biggs calling the game last night because uh, at Roberts on the mic, being a dad, doing the dad thing now, a big happy day for him. But Razor Ray said the Binghamton Devils are 6-3 and three on Wednesday night. He did say that. Yeah, I remember that in the pregame. And so now they're 7-3 and three on Wednesday nights. And when he said that 6-3 and three business, I was like, I got a bad feeling. He jinxed him. But look, I'm <laughs> you know, we're up 3-0. I'm feeling good. And then the wheels come off the wagon. Got to congratulate Bigsy Razor with his now second nickname. First solo trip calling an American Hockey League game. 
He's put in some time, a very familiar voice on this station and, of course, broadcasting games around Central New York. And, and the tweet he put out last night was really cool. Yeah, he's our boy. We're very happy for him. very proud of him. He has another opportunity to give it a go tomorrow. And then I don't have it written down in front of me, but when the team, because it's a home-and-home, home, starting home tomorrow with Belleville, and then on Saturday they are in Belleville. I forget. It's something Foot is his last name is calling that game the away game, the road game. Well, here's the thing. You know, as ugly as that was last night, there is now the opportunity to play the first place team two games in a row. That's right. That is opportunity. Separation. If you win both those games, nobody's going to think about this Binghamton game. They always say that the the interdivision games are those four-point games. We've all heard that being hockey fans. They're very important. Imagine... So you you win both of those. Let's just say and hope for the best. Fingers crossed. Suddenly it's almost an eight point swing. You know what I mean? That's kind of how you got to look at it. That said, you lose both of those games. Exactly. And you're in a bad spot because this is tight. There's not a lot of points between a lot of these teams, and each of these games are getting important. We are in the the second half of the season now, and very often you're where you're going to wind up in the playoffs. It's a matter of a point or two. Every one of these games is of infinite importance in setting that up. How many times do we see at the end of the year, oh, we just would have had two more points, or they would have had two more points. At ESPN Sportzilla on Twitter, the Sportzilla Show, like that on Facebook, at ESPN, you are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. It's a way to connect with us. We will, Scoop and I, be back over on the Brother Station K-Rock for your pregame tomorrow night. We'll get that kicked off at 6.30, and as you heard, Razor on the call. I wanna, I wanna. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! You know what we're gonna do? I don't know. I don't know what we're gonna do. Switch gears. Moving on. Oh, doing that. We've got to work on a unique to the Sportzilla show transition. So just you know what? We're done with that topic. We're moving on to the next one. We've got to come up with our own. Why don't you just do it and not have say anything? Thing. No, I, I want to see now. That's spoken like a true radio boss right there. You know, because I want to. I want some discussion on this. Like I, I thought, maybe something in the moment, spur of the moment, live would. Do we prom- do it? Do we do it on air? Would prompt us, or do we do it off air? Well, then there's always. I gave out social media so somebody can throw us some ideas if they have something, or maybe maybe our buddy Nick in studio with us has an idea, or he's got the wheels rolling, got things going now. <laughs> Why don't you use that? What? Let's get the wheels rolling. Let's get the wheels rolling. There you go. See? See? It worked. Moving in another direction. Yeah, we're going that way. Could have taken a left. Now we're taking a right. And we I wasted a minute of our time to talk about the NFL. Sorry. Super Bowl Sunday, KC and San Francisco. A couple weeks away, really. I mean, just under two weeks. And, you know, you don't, you don't want to break down the games, as I've said, every single day. And there's so much of that everywhere else. So we wanted to look at, actually, the price of the Super Bowl ticket scoop. You were marveling at how expensive this damn game is. Well, I think the average is like $6,300 on SeatGeek. And, you know, I see that number and I go, that is just too much. I don't want to spend that. Because I think we all fantasize about going to see our team in the Super Bowl. I Certainly, I've thought about that. (laughs) Believe it or not, being a Cleveland Browns fan, I have entertained that thought. Did you wake up from your dream? (laughs) <laughs> uh, I woke up to a six and ten season, and Ouch. it was horrifying. Uh, that was much better than an zero in sixteen season. Can I just interject somebody that I really am not a fan of by the name of DJ Khaled? You played yourself with that fool. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. Well, 
That's another guy who's a, a fool. Yeah. Uh, look, $6,300. You know, I got my refrigerator in the next room. The bathroom is close. You're going to sit up in the top of the stadium, some row where you're uh, miles away from the field. It, it It's going to feel like. Hey, that doesn't include the $1,000 for a popcorn either. Well, yeah. And then <laughs> $47 for a beer. Yeah. Well, you know, like how many of these events do we go to? We go to places and it's a $12 beer or it's a $14 beer. God knows how much the beers are going to be at the Super Bowl. Anyway, a $20 beer? I, maybe there, maybe there'll be 12 that still ain't a bargain. After you pay $6,000 for a ticket, some of these tickets, I guess, are nineteen grand. even. You know, imagine if you really want to get down low, you're going to pay nineteen grand or twenty grand. And scoop it, the 22-person suite is $333,000. It's the most uh, well-produced broadcast on television. It's beamed into your homes. Everybody enjoys watching it on TV. Now I kind of go, you know what, if my Cleveland Browns ever get there, I don't want to watch it in, in the stadium. I want to watch it at home like everybody else does with my food nearby and the refrigerator and the bathroom. Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, now at 96.5 FM, talking about the NFL and Eli Manning. My guy has retired, number 10. It's going Thankfully, in the, took him long enough. It's going in the rafters. Okay, you know what? I wasn't gonna what? do. I wasn't gonna do this, but now I am. Golik and Wingo this morning. You remind- got highlights of the uh, Patriot game. Shh, shh, shh. I know you're the boss, but right you now you listen. Me? You listen to me. I shushed you. Golik and Wingo this morning. We're talking about Eli and how he kept the Patriots from being the greatest team ever. And I thought I would remind you. Thank you. Can you give me? Uh, can you give me access to the? To that, please <laughs> turn my turn my audio off. So you shush me, and now you're come begging to me for something. I I have promised our Sportzilla show audience this piece of audio from the morning show of this radio station, sir. Which I have a programming note on that, by the way. But go ahead. Okay. How many people are going to remember Eli Manning? Majority for the fact that he just kept the Patriots in 2007 from being the greatest team of all time. Correct. Like he stopped them from being the undefeated Patriots that had. I don't want to hear that. No, no, no go back, go back. Hey, I'm going to take of his career. No, 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 that I'm going to take that right back to where it was. Correct. Like he stopped them from being the undefeated Patriots that had been for all the talk about Tom Brady at the different points of his career. That was the best he had seen. You threw Randy Moss in that offense and unlocked the skeleton key that. Um, the glue guy is getting agitated listening to this. You can see it. He is not happy right He's now. He's turning colors. Oh, we'll, man. We'll finish. See? Like he stopped oh, wait, from on, being the un- That was the best he had seen. You threw Randy Moss in that offense and unlocked the skeleton key that put this, I mean, dominant just right. force of nature out there. And Eli Manning was the one that kept that from stamping that team as the greatest that we had ever seen. Oh, you hate to see that, don't you, glue guy? I do. I actually do. <laughs> can I just can I just put the thought out there that they already are the greatest team we've ever seen? Hmm. But perfection was there though. Perfection. But they didn't win the ring. You know, uh, look, uh okay, you still would have been compared uh, to the Miami Dolphins. Correct. All right. Perfection so what when you've got all those rings? Yeah, but that would have been the best one, though. The best one, because okay, it's perfect. You're the fan. I, obviously, it's it's chafed your backside. Oh, it definitely has. <laughs> <laughs> um, tomorrow, Golik and Wingo will be interviewing Peyton Manning at 8.30. Ooh. 
Peyton, um, not Eli? Peyton. I'm sure they'll be right. discussing his brother. Correct. Well, there's a couple things NFL-related that we want to talk about. We're going to move them down a little bit. We're going to come back next up on Thursday's Coffee for Three. We talk to... Nobody else wants to argue with me that any other team is better. The all-time football team, nobody's better than the Patriots. Nope, because we got to take a break. Okay. Okay. So we're going to do that. We'll be back. Sean Coffey, Utica College Pioneers men's basketball coach and Coffee for Three on ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome. Now at 96.5 FM in the SportsZilla Show. The SportsZilla Show is now streaming on the ESPN app. Here's Rain, Scoop, and Matt. Time to welcome Sean Coffey, the head coach for Utica College men's basketball, the leader of the Pioneers here on the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome. Now at 96.5 FM. Scoop, it was a tough weekend didn't like what I saw, wasn't happy with the end results, and I'm pretty sure Sean's going to echo our sentiments when we welcome him up here. Yeah, Sean, so how do you bounce back after the weekend? What's the plan? I mean, you uh, you had mentioned a couple times you know, about adversity, so um, we definitely faced some after this past weekend. It was a really disappointing weekend as far as the results are concerned. Um, you know, I do think they are – the top one or two teams, both of those teams in our league. And, you know, I think we're right in the mix too, but, um, you know, we didn't do ourselves much of a, much of a favor by dropping two at home. And, um, so, you know, it's, we got an opportunity to kind of see what we're made of here, you know, as far as how did we bounce back? How do we deal with the adversity? Um, you know, there was in both games, we were down, you know, pretty big margins you know the Fisher game we were down 16 two separate times and came back and erased those both of those deficits um you know and we had a chance to go up five um in transition with three to go and you know we missed that opportunity and they you know they got fouled a couple times made all their free throws and next thing you know we're down one and uh you know, just could not make that big shot. So a lot of this it really boils down to that, those last few minutes, like we've talked about on here. Um, it's just make a shot, miss a shot. They made theirs. We didn't make ours. And uh, so we just looked a little exhausted by the end of uh, each game. Again, just playing from behind um, for the majority of the game. It's just really difficult, you know, from an energy standpoint to just, you have to be perfect. You have to be great on the glass you just you know you, you just the margin for error is, is so much slimmer that um it just mentally and physically becomes you know just a battle um and, and we definitely didn't make it uh easy on ourselves as far as that goes well you did battle back in those games but in addition to that what are some of the positives you can take from the weekend I think just showing the grit that you know we didn't give up, uh, we we fought back, you know, and that was similar to the Harwood game. You know, on the road we were down 17 there and came back and and won fairly comfortably at the end of that game. So um, hopefully it's not a trend that we are uh, starting up here as far as having to get down before you know really starting to play and execute and defend the way we are supposed to be from the from the tip. But um, you know. We had some big, big uh, performances by our big guy in particular. He really had a, um, I don't want to call it a coming out party since guys know who he is, but he had a really big double-double. He's just showing how he's just a force um, in this league, and he's really 
you know, it's, he's just tough to to guard. You know, as far as the personnel that people have to guard someone like him. So really tried to play through him quite a bit, and he's playing confidently. And um, so that was a big positive. And then you know, some other guys had had some career days, but unfortunately, we wasted those uh, those days. Um, you know, by not getting the result we wanted. Sean Coffey joining us, our regular Thursday thing here on ESPN Radio Utica, Rome, now at 96.5 FM. Coffee for three on the Sportzilla Show. You're referencing the big guy, Comedric Murphy. He's a junior. So in the game against Fisher, he had 12-9-9, 12 points, 9 assists, 9 rebounds, just short of a double-double. Then he turns around against Nazareth, 17 rebounds, 14 points, third double-double of the season. And I saw some highlights of the game, and everybody's talked about it. No matter who we've talked to about Comedic Murphy, he's a massive dude, about 6'8", 300-plus, but freakishly athletic and nimble for his size. And I couldn't believe it. I mean, the drop step in the lane, lowering the shoulder, just, you know, his his footwork is solid, and his basketball moves, it just seems natural to him but he can put the moves on guys that you'd look at and go, there's no way he's going to get around him with quickness, but yet he does. Yeah, no, he's, I mean, I feel like we've talked about him the time, just uh, how special he is. His feet are tremendous. He's got great hands. seems to catch everything. Um, you know, he, uh, and he just was unguardable. And then, you know, you referenced some of those assists that he had and you know teams really had to start doubling him over the weekend and he's an extremely willing passer he's one of our better passers um, on our team he's got great vision he's got just great awareness of the entire floor and um, and the guys just got get themselves to a place where they can actually receive pass, you know, cutting at a rim or or getting in vision diagonal where they can catch and shoot out of the post um, but no he's a uh, He's a, he's a special talent. Um, I, I always say, it, you know, some Division One team yeah, for football, you know, really missed out on a stud left tackle because of how great his feet are and how quick he is, and just the enormous size that he has. And uh, and his teammates love him. He's just, you know, a big teddy bear, and the whole campus loves this kid. So uh, we're really happy for for his successes, and he's just a great teammate. So um, you know, he's. He's really solidifying himself as, as a as a tough you know matchup and a, and a guy that's got to be you know dealt with by other teams. So we're hoping to keep that going and play through him a little bit more. Coffee for three with Sean Coffee, head basketball coach for the Utica College men's team, joining us on the Sports Illustrated Show here on ESPN Radio Utica Rome, ninety six point five FM. So it's scoop and rain, and you know I look at situations like this scoop. You, you got a team that won eight straight and then at home. As they've been rolling all season, they drop two straight. So you go from an eight-game, almost a nine-game win streak, potentially, to all of a sudden a two-game losing streak. So that's going to chap your ass a little bit. That's going to that's gonna bum you out in the locker room. So you've got to keep these kids motivated. And I think we had referenced kind of something along those lines last week. Where, Scoop, would you agree with me? Reality check for these guys, right? You're rolling along, and then the next thing you know... Here you are faced with adversity, and you've got to overcome. You've got to persevere. Absolutely. And then you have to realize that maybe this isn't going to be as easy as we thought it was going to be. I mean, I think it's a natural sort of thing for anybody. I mean, we had our Utica Comets get up to a 3 nothing lead last night, and then, whoop, five unanswered goals. I, I think teams let up sometimes, or they just forget about the little things. 
that they need to do that really were a big part of their success up until that point? And I, I just think it's a natural thing that happens. Scoop, Scoop, we talk about finding sources of motivation all the time to come back a little bit stronger in the next game or, or whatever you're facing. Yeah, for sure. Um, and again, it's I, we've talked about this quite a bit, that people aren't really going to care who you are and who you've beaten and what your record is. If anything, that could be a motivating factor for them to give their best effort against you. And, I, and we saw that from two teams over this past weekend and uh um you know two teams i think that are talented that i'll be right there you know in the empire eight race as far as a one seed or you know a championship type of team um and they've traditionally been very good so you know we need to uh you know when we get punched in the mouth a little bit um, just realize that you know people are going to just lay down for us, and we got some young guys that have been in prominent roles this year. Um, three guys in particular that are playing substantial minutes as freshmen, and and they're really uh, starting to understand how tough the league is. It's just different. It's when you go play someone one time in a non-conference game. You know, they're not going to know you as deeply as as the teams that do in the league, and then you know now. You know, scouting is a real thing. They're not going to let certain guys get to their strong hand. They're going to take away space on the perimeter, guys who catch and shoot well. Um, they're going to run doubles at, at people in the post and just try, try to disrupt you. So now this is their first time, this first half of the league schedule, and now how do, how do we counter? How do our young guys um, change what they're doing and find another gear? energy-wise and find another way to beat beat someone else by using their abilities. So um, so we're going through a lot of that as well. And, um, and I, I again, we, we have an opportunity to go on the road here and go get two really big, crucial wins to get us right back in the thick of things. Um, but the, at the end of the day, we're trying to be 1-0 and each day that we go out there and, and then we're push, pushing for that top four finish to get us in the postseason play. So talk a little bit about what you're going to deal with and the challenge of Houghton. You know, Houghton, they're, uh, they're, you know, they are struggling a little bit. They just beat Elmira at Elmira, so, um, which is not an easy place to win. Um, you know, it's the trip. This is our longest trip in the league uh, going out, you know, to the western, southern tier area of New York, um, kind of middle of nowhere, to be honest. And uh, so, you know, we need to take care of business there. I think, you know, it's they got a new program starting there, and new coach, and, uh, you know, but they can beat you. So we can't look past them. And then Alfred's going to be a tough, tough game. It's always hard to, to win there. Uh, they play extremely hard. They're physical. They, uh, you know, they're going to talk a bit. They're going to try and, you know, even the playing field, if they do lack any areas and talent, per se, um, which I do think they have good players. They got some good size, but um, they try to find any way to even the playing field with just playing really hard, getting extra shots off the glass, um, and, uh, and just trying to outwork you, you know, because that's how a lot of these teams have to beat us, and and we can't beat ourselves by just not playing to that level of physicality and energy. So it's a it's a really big weekend, and they're they're a team that's going to be fighting for this uh, again another top four type of team. I believe they're in technically in fifth right now, so they understand how big that game is going to be. So uh, we could do ourselves a really 
big favor by getting one on the road and then uh, returning home to play Hartwick again here on Tuesday. Pretty quick turnaround after a long weekend. So, um, But that is the grind of, of January right now. It's, it's kind of the dog days a little bit. and uh, and that's But that's what we sign up for, and that's kind of what separates who is standing at the end of this thing. Thanks for the time. As always, every Thursday we have a standing appointment with the head coach of Utica College men's basketball, the Pioneers. Call a coffee for three. So next Thursday, set a date with us again. This is the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio Utica Rome, now at 96.5 FM. The Sportzilla Show is now streaming on the ESPN app. Here's Rain, Scoop, and Matt. Just me and all my friends. One of them is Scoop. Yo! If you've missed the broadcast or any part of it, Catch the podcast anywhere you listen to them. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud. We're going to have it in our social media posts in just minutes. At ESPNUR on Twitter, which somehow I had a stroke yesterday when I was trying to say that. Literally, you could hear the right and left hemispheres of my brain splitting apart. You can hear the tearing sound. Scoop, Joe Girard led Syracuse in rebounds with nine being, what, about 6-2? Sidibe, solid game. Marek Dolajai, solid game. We were just talking off the air about how Sidibe was six out of six from the field. Popping in 12 points certainly helps the cause. Well, I just kept seeing tweets last night how he was just manhandling the paint. They they rebounded. That is something that they have struggled with. How many times this year have we discussed the fact that they got guys in the middle that are just basically boxing the Qs out, and they can't do anything. They can't rebound. They get out-rebounded. They get out-muscled. Not the case yesterday. You know what I love about rebounding is it's all about heart. It's about hustle. It's about wanting it more than the other guy. And that is what we've seen from Qs in this stretch of four games. My gosh, they're rebounding better. They're making more shots in the paint. This inside game is... We're seeing some growth there. These are great signs that we are seeing with the Syracuse Orange. It's all because of Jim Beheim too. He's pushing these guys, hey, we need to do this better. You need to play better. And, and these guys are. And they're getting it. Simple fact of the matter is, whether you like it or not, he makes adjustments. It's a great article if you have The Athletic. I'll point it out again. Matt Gutierrez talking about that. Jim basically saying, I've been there before. I know how to adjust throughout the course of a game and put these guys, based on the talent I have any given year on any given roster, in the positions they need to be based on what they can do and what I have to work with as far as personnel so they can succeed. He does it as well as anybody 44 years in. You heard him say it the other day. I'm right a lot of the time, and I'm the coach, and this is the way we're going to do that. Can you argue with the body of work? Are you really going to argue against 44 years in a Hall of Famer? Are you really? No, you're not. Stop it. Ironic number, isn't it? Yeah. I get I get. So just, I was about to swear, but I get so frustrated with the anti-Bayheim narrative. You call me a homer, I don't care, but Jesus, look at what he's done. I laughed when we talked to Jim and we kind of brought that up to him. And he he very calmly said, well, I'm the head coach, so we're going to do what I say. (laughs) You know, that's that's what it's a very simple equation here. Listen, if you want to play the minutes, you're going to you're going to have to do what I say. And if you don't, I got other guys. I mean, I only play seven guys and I got a short leash, but I'm going to play those guys. And if I have to play four guys, even though we're supposed to have five, that's what I'm going to do. So you better play the way I want to. (laughs) It was a little bit off, but I tried my best, Jim Beheim. Fact is. Uh, Really, the thing that stood out to me, aside from the fact that they have righted the ship, 
They have won some games in a row. They're now 12 and 7. They have avenged their earlier losses this season. Was the official Jim Beheim jacket toss tracker started by Noon's Magician? This is fantastic. I'm not going to run through all of the numbers, but I'll basically let me just let you know this. Colgate during the game, Jim tosses the jacket, okay? They end up winning. Same against Oakland, same against North Florida, same on the road against Virginia. But the crazy thing about this, and they posed this question, what kind of Jim Beheim inception is it when the Heimer has a jacket of himself tossing his jacket? The lining of his <laughs> jacket is him throwing the jacket at Duke, which is really where the Jim Beheim jacket tracker kind of sort of started a few years ago. But it's just a fantastic thing. They're 5-0 and now, including the Notre Dame game, because there was a jacket toss yesterday. Anytime that happens, it's got to continue. It was this, it's become this iconic moment yeah. in SU basketball history. You watch the games and you're like, oh, wait, that was a boneheaded plate. Is he going to throw the jacket? Like, you're waiting for it. Is Jim going to blow a gasket and toss the jacket? And is, is Julie going to be later on going, Jim, you really got to stop doing that. You know, I love how they're winning these games because, and I hope it continues because I want the crazy orange fanaticism to be at fever pitch when we play Duke. Absolutely. And I mean, ever we're going to get up for that game regardless, but wouldn't you want to go into that, winning some games? What are we, imp- about 10 days away from that? Improving, yeah. you know, the, uh, trending upward as opposed to just kind of being... Uh, a bottom dweller about eight days away from that. So first, right? And that the Duke game? I think it is I'm excited. Sports Illustrated show ESPN radio Utica Rome now at 96.5 FM. I just have got to address Zion with Nick Ailes. I promised him. I wanted to bring him on. Was he fat? Did you think is that narrative <laughs> as everybody suggested? I mean, it's ridiculous. He was four for four from three. He now has more three-pointers on the season than Ben Simmons of the 76ers does in his career. He dominated the fourth quarter, 17 straight points at one point, 22 overall. Just a great, finally, finally his debut in the NBA is the number one overall pick. He's here. The Messiah is here. The Savior of the NBA is finally Finally here. Were you sent by ESPN National? Yes. <laughs> it's going to be all Zion all the time for the time being with the hype train. Let me just share with you 25 seconds of Zion talking about Zion, and then we will go to our break. I'm just unique. I'm one of one. There's really no comparison to me because I try to add every level to my game. Um, you know, my body, my body's just built different. You know, some people try to look at it as a weakness, but I look at it as a blessing. Um because people aren't used to guarding this kind of size. Um, and I'm able to add a little finesse to my game so it has flavor. And I feel like I'm a playmaker, so I can create for my teammates. And when I have to finish, I can go finish. Okay, give me your 10-second comment. I, I think that's hilarious. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's oozing confidence and charisma. So no one has his body size. So Draymond Green does not have a similar body size to Zion? He's not even He's his- one-on-one. You hear what he said? He's, yeah, I did. He's not even as tall as Duke claimed he was. He was two inches shorter when they actually measured him officially in the he NBA. He was six seven. Yeah, and they and they were listing him at like six nine. Yeah, he is a beast, though. There's no doubt. Sportsilla Show, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome. Now at ninety six point five FM. More next. We're going to Utica. Uh huh. 
I'm not going to you. <laughs> yes, you are. You the cop. You the cop. You the cop. In your face. Yow! It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio Utica, Rome. Here's Rain, Scoop, and Matt. I just learned that Aaron Boone is a boomer. I'm the same age. That might make me a boomer, too. I'm a boomer. You're a boomer. Wouldn't you yeah. like to be a boomer, too? Okay, boomer. So we got Nick Ells in studio. We've got the glue guy, the boss, Matt Page. We got Tiff hanging over there. Let her, like, say something in the microphone. I feel bad. She's been sitting in here kind of figuring things out. She's one of our newest additions. So what? Did, tell us about your conspiracy theory. Come up to the mic. Oh, really I quick. to tell my conspiracy theory? Really quick about Tim Tebow. I like, okay. It's pretty interesting. Okay. So I just have this conspiracy theory that when... Aaron Hernandez was at Florida playing with Tebow that Tebow knew more about Hernandez's like outside of football life and like his aggression and his um issues. Issues, yeah. Then he would let on or ever let on. And I think that it'll come out eventually that This is going to come up again in conversation. You know it will. Aaron Hernandez, of course, has that documentary out now, right? Blue guy, you're you've been watching that? The Aaron Hernandez thing? Yeah, I just finished it over the weekend. It's only three episodes. Is it good? Yeah. But this subject and Tebow is going to be out and about doing things. So we're going to revisit this with you, Tiffany. I'm telling you right now. But I want to read on the subject of football from the fiance of Antonio Brown before we get out of here tonight. I want to read a message that she posted online in dealing with the situation and the drama that has been his life, the dumpster fire for the past few months where even though barely playing, he has dominated NFL headlines and you've seen some of the hor- just the horrible things that are happening. There's clearly issues there, but Scoop, I'll read it. You react on the other side. So this is from Antonio Brown's fiance. Over the last few years, I have stood at the side of my children's father, Antonio Brown, and watched the rise and fall of an incredible man and athlete. Our children and I have distanced ourselves from him and our former home. Although we have parted ways, I wish him nothing but the best. Unfortunately, it seems Antonio has made questionable choices and continues to ignore the advice of those who love and support him. At this point, the boys and I are working on building a new life free from any impulsive, reckless, and unhealthy behaviors. My hope is that Antonio will get the help, uh, will get help and seek the mental health treatment that he so desperately needs so that he can be the father all of his children need and deserve. Hashtag media response. That is a mom who is almost crying for help on his behalf. She wants this guy to to be a father wants him to be in the lives of the children yet she's banged her head against the wall she sounds like somebody who's gone through this has tried to help doesn't know what to do antonio needs to get some kind of help needs to go away and chill for a while and not worry about tweeting i mean the whole tweeting i use thing the other day the same day the whole Delonte West thing came down. Well, he tweeted also that basically everybody's trying to slander his name the other day. Did you catch that one? Yeah. And ultimately, I'm like, but, but, you're, but you're doing the, it to yourself. Your actions are the reason people are saying these things about you. Nobody's just randomly trying to trash Antonio Brown. Before that, the narrative was he's a little odd, but he's an amazing football player. And now it's everything else. And what do people who are alcoholics or who have drug problems blame, or, blame, blame, or very, very often it's some other kind of problem. They blame other people before they hit rock bottom and are ready to take a self reckoning and look at themselves and go, 
I, I screwed this up. I'm sorry. I need to take care of myself. I just hope somebody can get through to him. Because, you know, our friend Jack Perrin uh, saw a tweet today where he's like, gosh, you know, I hope we don't see this like evolve into some sort of uh, or degenerate into some sort of OJ situation with him racing down the road in the white Bronco in a police chase. You know, he's a ticking time bomb. He needs help. I hope somebody can talk to him that he'll actually listen to. Your dad had Starberries. Yes. Seven ninety nine. Stefan Marbury, a kid from Coney Island documentary. Former Nick went to China. One rings over there. He is a Chinese national treasure. KD and Forrest Whitaker produced this documentary. It's a kid from Coney Island. Stefan Marbury in it. Very interesting. I had some Starberries too. Tell your pops that glue guy. And I did interview him more than 10 years ago. I got to try to find some of that, and maybe we can air that. Sports Hill Show, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, now at 96.5 FM. See everybody tomorrow at 5.